getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one. Lindsey is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit. Nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not. They call a touchdown. They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end. Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. Ends on court. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercise the demons. And we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode, a live edition of the Huddle Up podcast presented by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, literally within an hour of us going live here tonight, we got word that the smiling assassin himself, Steve Atwater, alongside John Lynch, two former Broncos safeties, has been named a modern era finalist for the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame Class of 2020. We, you and I, talked to Steve at the combine, and uh, you know, it was right after the news broke that he didn't get in last year. What do you think his odds are this year? Do you think this is the year it finally breaks open for him? It's funny you mention that because when I saw the news, I was thinking we were standing with him at the combine. I told him, I said, Steve, you're going to get in next year. It's going to happen for you. And I'm not trying to say I predicted it or I made it happen. Or You talked about sacrificing something to the football gods. Go ahead for sure. You so, made it happen. Zach and I were um, you know, we're at the combine. I, I can't remember. I think it might have been still head coaches or GMs were talking. It was in between yeah. podiums. And we walked up and started chit-chatting with Steve. And, uh, again, we were like, hey, man, sorry it didn't happen for you, dude. That's the worst, and you deserve to be in, which he does. It's un- un- undisputable. And I said, man, you know, I don't know what we got to do, Steve. I'm I'm about ready to sacrifice a goat to the football <laughs> gods to get you in this Hall of Fame, dude. And he goes, wait, well, no, you're going to do what now? <laughs> he was so taken back by that. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was funny because both Zach and I, he, for a second there, he's like, what now? But yeah, man, he's he's an all-timer. He deserves to be in the hall. And yeah. it's a travesty that he's had to wait this long, to be honest with you. We could sit and go through the stats and, you know, all the rote information. But the reality is he was a, what, eight or nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time yeah. Super Bowl champ. Can you write the story of the 90s without Steve Atwater? I don't think you can in terms of making a, a – all 22 team, you know, 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense. One of those safeties on defense is going to be Steve. He, he should be in the hall. 
And, you know, every highlight package of the old NFL, you see the hit from Steve Atwater. He becomes synonymous with that, and he just laid the lumber. He was that original hard hitter in an era where there wasn't many hard hitters. So not only was he one of the best NFL players of all time, Chad, he was one of the nicest people you and I both have ever met, if I've ever met in my entire life, football player or not. So I wish him the best, and I think this will be his year. He better not be snubbed again. He deserves to be in the hall. Speaking of snubs, and we're going to welcome in everybody here just one second. Speaking of snubs, PFF, Pro Football Focus, released their all-rookie team today, and it was great to see that Dalton Reisner had made the all-rookie team, started all 16 games. He didn't quite play 100% snaps because he did have that ankle, but he did start all 16 games and played really, really well, as we all know, foundational cornerstone piece. But omitted from the list, Zach, was Noah Fant. And in his place, who they put as the rookie tight end on the all uh, rookie team for PFF was Foster Moreau, who's not even the best tight end on his own team in Oakland. Sure. You know, we saw who the best tight end on that roster was last week in Darren Waller. And so, you know, needless to say, we're talking about the difference between Noah Fant had over 40 ca- or 40 catches, over 500 yards, three touchdowns. Foster Moreau had 20, 21 receptions, 170 yards, five touchdowns. That's the only way you could even measure in any shape or form that he was better than Noah Fant. I don't understand, though, because by all accounts, Fant was on a pace to break the the single-season rookie Broncos pass-catching record for tight ends. I mean, he was on a pretty historic pace. And not only that, he had the draft status, Chad, of being a first-round pick, whereas Moreau was a kind of a nondescript. I don't know where he went, but he was a kind of nondescript draft selection. It surprises me. It, to me, it comes down to Fant started all, all season long. He was a contributor in an offense, and I think he – He's a better all-around tight end, and I think his he had more catches, more yards, just because one player has more touchdowns. That shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. So not surprising, considering Simmons didn't make the Pro Bowl and all these snubs that happened, that fan would be snubbed, but you got to just shake your head. Yeah, it it's irritating. I, I don't know if it's the reverse of confirmation bias. It's just a you know, advanced analytics site trying to justify their analysis by saying, oh, you know, but Foster Moreau was a really good blocker. So, you know, we need to put him in. No, dude, who impacted the game on a weekend to week basis? That was no offense. So, you know, no offense, not going to lose too much sleep over it, but it was, I think, an unjust, and it kind of speaks to some of the question marks that surround PFF's kind of arbitrary grading system at times. And, you know, it's situations like this where anyone with a pair of eyeballs who watched the NFL this year. Now, again, not to take anything away from Moreau because I know Nick Kendall loves Foster Moreau. He's a really solid, quite complete tight end, especially at this stage, this early in his career. But to say that he deserved inclusion on that team over a player, dynamic impact player like Noah Fant, who was significantly more prolific, it's a joke. It's that Denver bias, that Denver media bias, you know, popping out again. And it's the fact that it doesn't matter come this time next year because Fant will be a pro bowler and he's not going to even remember this snub chat. When it's all said and done, Noah Fant will have a much better career, in my opinion, than Foster Moreau. Well, guys, welcome into the show. Thanks, all of you who've been hanging out in the room. JD, Buona Beast, Brian Greenfield, Duke, Stu McPeak, what's up, my brother? Steven, what's up? Pranked Films, uh, Noble Young, Dre, Cody. Thanks for joining us, you guys. This is the Mile High Mailbag each and every week. Zach and I are here as your football priest to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions, and that's what this episode is all about. We're going to get to that here in just one second. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business. You guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. It is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget... Head on over to Apple Podcasts. You guys were great in the month of December, leaving creative reviews on the show, giving us that five-star rating. Tons and tons of new entries on the Huddle Up Podcast on Apple Podcasts, which helps us out tremendously. It's a great organic way to help the show. And now also we get to announce the two names we randomly selected from the hat of reviewers from the month of December. And here's what you got to do. If you're one of these reviewers, contact Zach and myself, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Send us an email. We might ask you to confirm a thing or two, but we're going to need your personal details so we can send you out some swag. All right, here's who won. Entry on December 1st from Pex Biggie. He says, number one Broncos podcast. Zach and Chad are going places. Best Bronco content being produced. Thanks for all the hours put in trying to produce these. You guys inspire us all. 
Thank you, Peck Spiggy. That that goes a long Thank way you. toward helping us appreciate the kind words as well. And then also, Zachary Smoose Smouse entered on twelve twenty three. He says, "Best podcast to get all the news and greatest scoop on the Denver Broncos." Three weeks ago, I started listening to Mile High Huddle on YouTube. So he's funneled over from YouTube. That's great. Nice. And I absolutely love the news and entertainment that Chad and Zach bring us every week for the Broncos. They take time out of their day to get us the best news on our favorite team. So Zach Smouse and what was it? Pex Biggie contact us milehighhuddle at gmail.com. You've been randomly selected out of the hat and we'll get you some swag as a thank you for taking the time to support the huddle up podcast. Thank okay. you for the kind words as well. Absolutely. We, we appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Now let's uh, <clears throat> let's jump into the questions here. Let me see what we got. Bear with me one sec. You guys, this is the overtime podcast network. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It's already hot and heavy. And guys, when we grab our when we grab questions from our super chat superstars, don't think that we're neglecting you if you don't put in money for the super chat. It's just that if guys are supporting the show with super chat, we don't want them to feel neglected. They're 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 putting their money where their mouth is, if you will. We got to get to them first. Comes from Jason. Big time super uh, star on super chat Thank for you, us, Jason. Jason. You should reach out to us soon so that we can get you some swag as a thank you for supporting the show. $5 donation. He says, thank you guys for the hard work and great communication. Okay, no question, but thanks, Jason. Appreciate you, bro. Let's see what else we got here. Freddie, $5 donation on thank Super you. Chat. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. He says, stumbled onto the podcast about three years ago and haven't stopped listening since. Thank you guys for the awesome content. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Freddie. It's good to see you in the comment stream. Thank you for the Super Chat, and thanks for sticking with us, brother. We really do appreciate you. Broncos country really is the best chat, aren't they? The classiest fan base under the sun. The best. By Stu far. McPeak, the super the chat. The MVP, superstar. the real Number MVP. One. Appreciate you, bro. We'll be Thank looking you. for your questions and comments in the stream here. Um, Chris, another one of our super chat superstars. You, so consistent. We love you, buddy. Also the champion of our fantasy football league that we held this uh, past fall for Mile High Huddle. And we were kind of sloppy in how we arranged it. It was kind of seat of our pants right at the end. Zach spearheaded it for me at the end of the, like literally 11th hour, slapped it together. <laughs> we didn't put a lot of planning and thought into it, but so we weren't able to get quite as many teams in as probably, you know, Mile High Huddle members, listeners of the show wanted to participate. Either way, though, we got the league going. Chris won it. Congratulations to you, brother. I'm going to be reaching out to you here soon because you're going to, you, you want a little something, something for uh, emerging victorious over all comers, including the Mile High Huddle staff. And uh, let's see if I missed anybody. All right. I think that's good to get started. Let's grab, uh, let's grab what Ryan says here. 
Hey, Chad, do you think there's a chance we can get some audio of Drew Locke making plays on the intro? Hmm. You know, Ryan, that's something I know. I, I know. I actually had the same thought, Zach, because we had that cut up made by our podcast network, Overtime Media. They had that made up for us. Literally, I think it was the week that he got that he debuted in week 13 yeah. was the week they sent it to us. It was right before. So there's no lock plays. We'll request a new one, get made up. It won't happen uh, right away, but Zach, we can, we can make that happen. For sure. And it's going to gotta sound good for us and kind of take our pots to the next level, become synonymous with the future of the Broncos. Yeah. We'll have, definitely have some drew lock in there. We for can't sure. put any young Jeezy on it though, because <laughs> it can't wrap to we'll, it. We'll claim that uh, right. rev share. Uh, let's see here. Ryan also, I think Flacco caused the whole team to get stale. It just took Deshaun Hamilton a little longer to get over it. <laughs> They're talking about Deshaun Hamilton, of course. And Flacco, yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, Zach, I think it was that drop pass in week one against the Oakland Raiders. You know, he Broncos were, were – they got trucked through most of that game, but they actually had a chance in the fourth quarter to come back. And Deshaun Hamilton dropped that touchdown, which all but ensured that they were unable to close the distance. And I don't think Flacco forgot that. You know what? We always talk about how the Broncos kind of match the intensity of Drew Locke now. They match the the lack of intensity under Joe Flacco. They they kind of march to the beat of his drum and there wasn't much of a beat. He you know, it was so lifeless, no pulse, no energy, no passion. And the Broncos resembled that. And that's why we're seeing such a stark change and stark comparison when seeing Drew Locke in action. So yeah, not for sure. All these players Fumagalli, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Devontae Booker, they were MIA with Joe Flacco under center. They all came out, and they're all starting the ball out under Drew Locke. It's no coincidence. Mehmet here says, who would you guys pick in the first round if you were John Elway? The Broncos, of course, sitting with the number 15 overall pick. Zach, do you have anyone that you've got your heart set on yet? You know, I went into this la- the last part of the season really wanting a tackle in round one, but at 15 overall, I don't think one of the top guys is going to fall in their laps. I'm warming up to the idea of taking a wide receiver in round one, Chad. Either a lamb or a rug. Someone's going to fall to the Broncos. They need that weapon. And I think Elway talked about that. He kind of showed his hand by saying, we're going to be looking for receiver help in the offseason. If they don't sign or trade for someone, I can definitely see a burner at 15. Compliment that offense perfectly with Cortland Sutton, uh, Drew Locke's big arm. It's it's That's where I'm leaning toward right now that or a cornerback oh here's zach here's one of our our uh, giveaways on apple Podcasts. congrats appreciate you bro well deserved one thanks for joining us and then make sure you reach out on that email address milehighhuddle at gmail.com let's see what we got here from joel what up guys my question is how much money uh, we can create by restructuring some contracts like von miller Jawan james bryce callahan and who do you think is more likely to go along with it to help the team get better well first of all the, the two no-brainers that are going to be axed to open up some room are Joe Flacco, and I'm pretty confident Ron Leary, especially yeah. being that in each of his three seasons as a Bronco, he's missed at least four games, finished this, what was it, the last quarter of the season, basically. I think he started on the road at Houston, and that's where he had the concussion, and then we didn't see him again. So Ron Leary and Joe Flacco, you cut those guys, you're freeing up north of $15 million bucks on next year on this year's cap. Von Miller, John Elway did say, Zach, that you know he's coming back. They're picking up the team option. If any of those guys – and James, I don't think you can really touch him. Right. Um, Callahan either. Those contracts are so new. But Von Miller, you could approach about restructuring it, tweaking it a little bit, free up some room, not necessarily asking him to take a, a pay cut, but to you know maybe accept a signing bonus and convert it. In, you know, the, the, the magic, the, the cap magic, the guys like Mike Sullivan uh, orchestrate there, Zach. But other than that, the focus is – Flacco, the focus is Leary. And to tack on to your point, Leary was the only player who didn't have any media availability. He didn't want to talk to reporters at their end of season, you know, uh, availability. So I think he knows he's a goner as well. Flacco knows as well. Von Miller, though, it's interesting. If they want to come to him and want to restructure, it's really going to put his money where his mouth is. He talks about wanting to be involved in Denver. He talks about wanting to be a part of the rebuild or whatever with Drew Locke. If you really want to be a part of it, give up some of your franchise quarterback money. You're not producing like it and you know, take one for the team. It's going to be interesting considering his holdout and his history if he will do that. But regardless, the Broncos will have a lot of money to play around with this offseason, Chad. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. No doubt about it. Even if they didn't cut either of those guys, which Flacco is almost a guarantee, they're going to have 70 million bucks. And so they'll free up more. They'll be in the mid eighties. I think when it's all said and done, TG jumps in one of our great supporters of the show, super chat, superstar, $5 donation, TG. um, Have we, I don't know. Have we talked to TG? Have we reached out to TG about getting him some swag? I'm not sure. 
if Let you us have know, a PG, reach out to us on uh, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's connect. Steven jumping in. Also, you, one Steve. of our consistent super chat yes. studs. He says, what do you guys think of the punter we signed? Uh, let me find that article. The Broncos, of course, worked out the grandson, Zach, of Frank Tripuca, Shane, and the son of, of Chris, who's very active with us <laughs> on, on social media yeah. and Twitter. But they also worked out another punter that same day, Daniel. What's his name? Hold on. I'll grab it right here. Uh, almost there. Thank God, though. Trevor <laughs> Daniel. It looks me. like Wadman's a goner. Thank God. Yeah, it was Trevor Daniel, and that's who they ended up signing to a futures contract. All I can tell you, I'm not going to go and pull up all his numbers right now, but what I can tell you, Stephen, is that he has been a starting punter in this league. He punted for the Texans all of last year. By last year, I mean 2018, and then the first couple of weeks of 2019 before they cut him. So at least he has that going for him. Other than that, I'm not going to tell you to pretend to know any kind of – I'm not any kind of expert when it comes to this new punter they signed. I mean, I don't see how he can be worse or more inconsistent than Colby Wadman, but it's interesting because Marquette King talked about how he joined the Broncos. They wanted him to change his style. You saw Wadman kind of go down in flames under Tom McMahon, so I hope if he's going to be the punter of this Daniel, uh, he doesn't bomb in Denver as well. Run NASCAR 3D. Appreciate you, bro. Yes. Let's see what Chris says here. Who do you think will step up next year? Sutton, Simmons were the kind of breakout stars this year. Philip Lindsay was kind of the breakout star in 2018. Who do you think, Zach, is someone currently on the roster that can take that next step? For me, it's Drew Locke. Who do you think? That was low-hanging fruit. I'm going to go with Locke as well. It's the only person, it's it's make or break for this team in 2020. And just from the glimpse that we saw of Locke over the the last five games of the season, I think the Broncos will reach new heights, at least compared to the last half decade. They will become a playoff team under Drew Locke. I think he is the engine that makes the Broncos offense go, and I think he will make that that next leap in 2020. Jason jumps back in with a $5 donation on Super Chat. He says, do you think Elway has given Fangio more rope to make more decisions than the other coaches he hired. I don't know about more rope, Zach, but I would wager probably he trusts him a little bit more from an evaluation standpoint than, say, Vance Joseph. There's definitely way more mutual respect between the two than under previous coaches, including, I think, even Gary Kubiak. So, yeah, I don't think – Elway still picks the groceries, and he still kind of devises the menu, but I'm sure Fangio has a lot of input, and I think uh, Elway respects his background. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, let's see here from Justin. What's the thought on moving Garrett Bowles to guard, drafting a tackle? What's the plan moving forward, getting Fant some help at that other tight end spot? Let's reverse engineer that one, Zach. We got to keep in mind, it's a Hail Mary, but Jake Butt is Hmm. going into what's going to be his contract year as a Bronco. He's only appeared in what now, three games as a pro, and he's he's going into his fourth year with the Denver Broncos. So you can't count on it, but hey, you never know. Crazier things have happened in the NFL. The Broncos originally envisioned Jake Butt as being the player Noah Fant was for them right. this year. And then when they realized that, you know, the bad luck of this injury bug, they just he couldn't shake it. They ended up drafting Noah Fant and still hoping that 
that Butt could be their tight end too. And I think they're still holding out hope, Zach, that he could be that, but you can't count on it. Troy Fumagalli, to me, solid, but he's just a guy. I really liked what Andrew Beck showed as a kind of utility fullback tight end guy. Surprisingly just savvy in terms of making plays and clutch moments, just a really smart player, high-intensity, high-effort guy. I like him being able to maybe turn a corner a little bit next year, but you know, I don't see tight end as a massive need for this team. I really don't. It doesn't, doesn't mean they won't draft one at some point, but I'm not going crazy trying to draft a tight end in this coming draft or paying a lot of money to anybody. And then as far as Bowles, they're not moving him. He's going to be the left tackle. That doesn't mean they won't draft one. I, As you guys have heard me say before, and Zach, we've talked about it quite a bit, I don't think tackle is going to be the top priority for them in the first round. We'll see. Depends on how the board falls probably, but – you got to get used to the idea of Garrett Bowles probably being your incumbent at left tackle again in 2020, Zach. You know, Butt is one of the few players we disagree on, Chad. I have zero faith left he's going to ever make a, a contribution to the Broncos. And they have some young players. They have Austin Fort, who was looking great in the preseason before his ACL injury. He'll be back next year healthy, so he'll be competing with Fumagalli. They have some young players. If they're going to add a tight end, though, I feel like they're not going to draft one. They're going to add a guy like Austin Hooper, who'd be a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, mix with the tight end coach Wade Harmon. They would have maybe Eric Ebron come in and play some pass catching behind uh, Noah Fan. They have some options there, but I'm with you. It's not a huge need for Denver this year. In terms of Bowles, he's not going to move to guard. I don't think he's going to be cut. I do think he will remain a tackle. But like we always say, is he going to be the starter or is he going to be competing for a starting job? That's going to be the big question for me this offseason. I don't think OT in round one, but I do think OT will be a, a pick in rounds two, three, or four. Matt jumps in saying, thoughts on giving Kalfani Muhammad more playing time. I remember the defense saying how hard it was to stop him in practice. And for those who can remember, Kalfani Muhammad, he's a former Giants seventh-round pick whom the Broncos signed early last year, 2019, like a futures contract. He really showed out during the preseason. Like it was borderline, is he going to make this team? Like there was, I thought there was a chance he could even beat out Devontae Booker they ended up rolling with the veteran and the former fourth round pick of the team and keeping Booker and they put him on the practice squad. He did show some, some ability as a catcher of the football out of the backfield. I wouldn't be opposed to, to seeing what he could do again next year with Drew Locke as a part of that equation now. You know, we get a lot of questions, surprisingly, on Kalfani Muhammad, and rightfully so. He was looking really good this summer. He's more or less an upgraded version of Devontae Booker. He has the speed. He has the pass-catching prowess. If he can hold up in pass pro, I think he has a chance to make the Broncos roster, especially since we're, they're going to see an overhauled backfield, Chad, in 2020. A lot of jobs up for grabs, and I think he can nab one if he's healthy and kind of you know sticks to the playbook. Steve jumps in with a $5 donation on Thank Super you. Chat. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Mrs. Bethany, now I know – that's your wife's handle. Remind me in this comment stream, your name and apologies. I know you've told us before, but I, I, I don't want to call you Bethany because I know it's not Bethany. If I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm confusing with somebody, but I think John Elway gets a bad rap. He seems to learn from his mistakes. 2013, the number one offense to the number one defense in 2015, 2017 draft, uh, all one year starters, 2018, 2019, he drafted. No doubt about it though, Zach Elway seemed to turn a corner kind of snapped out of it following that debacle of 2017. Two really good core-level draft classes he stacked. He needs one more, though, to get this team over the hump. He does, and you know what? He's had a lot of chances also to make you know good on his mistakes, so let's not praise him too much. He made a lot of wrong decisions that put the Broncos behind for many years, but they're digging out of that hole now because he, he went for experience. He went for team captains. He went for players that contributed all four years and just weren't flashing the, the bands like Brendan Langley in 2017. So um, I like, obviously, what he's done. If they can just nail down one more solid draft class this offseason, it will put the Broncos back in that stratosphere of being a playoff contending team. David Sharp jumps in with a $20 donation you, on David. Super Chat. Thank you, David. That means a lot. T. Higgins, he says, the Clemson wideout, round one. Zach, I'm not opposed to a wide receiver in round one. I'm not sure about T. Higgins. And I, I don't want to poo-poo on T. Higgins. I'm not saying – I'm not making any grand claims. But I'm just getting started on getting to know this draft class. Same. And if if I'm picking at 15 in the first round, I'm probably trying to target a guy like C.D. Lamb, uh, Ruggs, hoping out maybe that uh, Judy drops, which is highly doubtful. There's some studs there. Not to say that Higgins isn't a stud, but I'm not sure what his 40 time is. 
Yeah, uh, it's a little too rich for my blood at 15, but if the Broncos want to maybe trade down a few spots, pick up a second or third round draft pick and still take a receiver, I would have no problem with that, Chad. AJ, this is one of those questions that for us, for guys like Zach and I, listen, we hang our hats on the draft acumen and expertise of guys like Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall, Carl Dumlin. That's not to say that Zach and I ignore the draft. We don't. But during the season, we are so consumed with covering the Denver Broncos on a day-to-day basis with all the news and all the content that has to go up to keep you guys up to date on what's happening with the team. We leave it up to those guys to scout the draft. Now, this is the time of year where as we're copy editing articles, we're reading what they're producing, we're talking to them, we start turning on, watching film on YouTube ourselves of the players they're talking about. It's between now and March when we really start to formulate our own opinions on players. Third and fourth round right now, AJ, I'm not 100% sure. I I wouldn't want to steer you wrong. I would say at some point, you know, the Broncos have five selections, Zach, in the top 100, which takes them into the third round, and they're going to have a chance to to really make some hay. But we're going to start, AJ, grafting in the draft guys onto the actual Huddle Up podcast. And, of course, Nick, Carl, they have Building the Broncos. They talk to you twice a week. Eric and Lance, they have Dove Valley Deep Divers. They talk to you guys once a week on the podcast side. But we're going to start bringing them on once a week. You know, we'll we'll start figuring out a way to get more draft expertise on the show to answer questions exactly like this. I will say, you nailed it, Chad, but I will say that the third or fourth round, I would look for the Broncos to start drafting linemen, either a tackle or a center, if they don't go, you know, for that position earlier in the draft or maybe a running back in, in the middle round. So we don't have our list of prospects that we want to nail down at those spots, but whoever they don't take in the first couple rounds, I think they're going to look for those players in the middle rounds, considering they have a lot of capital this draft. Stray Colorado Strayco says thoughts on the Broncos being one of five teams who could be forced to do hard knocks. Would you like it if they were chosen? Zach, from a media perspective, I'd love it. I would love it. It would crank out all kinds of storylines, give us all kinds of insight. But I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure how good that would actually be for the team. Right. That's that's my thing. It, for a team that's so young and and first instilling the culture and have a young raw quarterback under center in his first starting season in Drew Locke, having those cameras and that, those distractions would not be a good thing for Denver. We would love to see the inside access of the team, but Vic Fangio doesn't strike me as a type of coach that would love that type of attention, that type of privacy invasion that Hard Knocks brings. So I can't see the Broncos signing off on that, Chad, unless they're absolutely forced by the league. Yeah, it would require because it's kind of a, a badge of shame, right? If you are the team, maybe <laughs> they don't talk about it that way, but let's face facts. If you're no one wants apt it. to play or to be the hard knocks team, if the NFL tries to force your hand, I mean, it's it's like, you know, Queen Cersei going down the, the, down the road on Game of Thrones. Shame, <laughs> shame. Yeah. You're that guy. You're that team. So the Broncos definitely don't want to be that team. If it happens, you know, we're, we'll make some hay, but I really don't think it's go, uh, going to happen. From... Uh, R. Severo 11 jumps in with a $5 Thank donation you. on Super Chat. Thank you. What do you guys think about the Broncos running backs besides the much-needed wide receiver? How about adding another running back on this roster? You know, we've talked about the idea that the Broncos not necessarily need to get rid of Royce Freeman. We haven't said that, and we don't say that. But they need to upgrade. You know, we, we were hoping that he was going to be one of those guys that would turn a corner in year two, and he actually kind of regressed. And who knows, it might have something to do with all that tread that he lost on his tires with all those carries in the Pac-12 in his four years at Oregon, whatever the reason being, he just wasn't the kind of guy that you need to compliment Philip Lindsay. And when I say compliment, I'm saying not just a guy that can come in and tote the rock and give you three yards in a cloud of dust and give Philip Lindsay a breather, but someone who can actually be a dynamic contributor to your team. Freeman has some upside, but he just wasn't able to put it all together last year. I like Zach Moss out of Utah. And even if it meant – You know, spending a second round pick, maybe an early third round pick, you probably won't fall that far. But I like Zach Moss is a guy. Etienne is a guy that we've talked about on the pod before. He's a guy that's a three down back that could do a lot for you as a pass catcher. There's going to be some options. And I think the Broncos will, Zach, bring in another running back, especially with Devontae Booker hitting free agency. You know, what sucks about Royce Freeman was he was actually outperforming Philip Lindsay at one point during his rookie season, and he never seemed to get over that high ankle sprain, Chad. Once he suffered that injury, it was all downhill from for Royce Freeman from then, and Philip Lindsay just took the job by the horns. You're going to see not only one new running back, I think two new running backs. Devontae Booker, Sia, Theo Riddick, Sia. They're going to bring in competition for Royce Freeman. They're going to make Lindsay the guy. So absolutely, I don't think it's going to be a high-round priority, but at some point in the draft, they will take a running back, maybe even two. 
Josh says, if you guys could choose a reasonable cornerback room next year, who is it? All right, reasonable. Here's reasonable. Chris Harris, Bryce Callahan, Devontae Bosby. Is that re- is it is it yeah. realistic? Maybe not with Chris Harris. So let's just remove him from the equation. You got Bryce Callahan, Devontae Bosby will will be uh, will return. I think he's a restricted free agent. They'll they'll tender him. If not, he's an ERFA. He's either exclusive rights or restricted. I'm not sure which one now off the top of my head. But he will be back. Bottom line, Devontae Bosby. So you'll get Callahan hopefully, Bosby. If you're not able to get things right with Chris Harris, I'm looking at Byron Jones or Bradbury. Yeah, both of those guys. Um, I think would be would be a great option. I think both are realistic too. They're going to have a lot of money to spend the Broncos and re-signing Chris Harris Jr. wouldn't be impossible. And I think luring Brian Byron Jones with a major contract wouldn't be out of the question either. Um, I also have to think that if they don't prioritize that in free agency, they're going to probably draft a cornerback fairly high because they don't really can't rely on Callahan. They can't rely on obviously Chris Harris Jr.'s return. So they're going to prioritize it. But either way, it's all realistic because they will have the means, either financial or draft capital, to upgrade that spot. Goodness gracious, Jordan Johnson, our friend, JJ, sporting twinner hats with yours you. truly, jumps in with a $50 donation on Super That's Chat. Big. I, that, might, that, might, that might tie the all-time single individual <laughs> donation. Thank you, Jordan. That means a ton. Happy New Year to you, my friend. You're, uh, you're making it a very happy beginning to this 2020 year. Thank you, brother. We'll look for your questions and comments in the, in the stream here. Jonathan jumps in. $10 donation on Super Thank you, Chat. Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. He says, are you nervous about Justin Simmons hitting the open market? Doesn't seem like there's been an update. Well, there has, Jonathan. And what that update is, is Elway said he's he's not hitting the open market. They'll franchise tag him if they have to. So Justin Simmons isn't going anywhere, Zach. And nor, nor should he. He deserves to get paid, and the Broncos would do themselves a service now by locking him down before he even reaches the open market or even creeps closer to that point where he can negotiate against the Denver and use leverage against them. He's absolutely going to stay in Denver for 2020 and probably many years uh, ahead of that. He's just reaching his prime, and Elway knows. And if he says that, Elway, that's an admission that Elway doesn't usually make. So he's going to stay in Denver, Justin Simmons. By the way, I'm a big fan of Chenault and Fulton. Fulton is the corner from LSU. And most most of our listeners that are in Colorado know exactly who LaVisca Chenault is, the wide receiver from CU. I would be okay with either one of those guys at pick 15, and they're probably two of the more realistic options. Fulton might not even be there, but I like either one of those guys for the Broncos at pick 15, and they would fit a need. You don't want to reach for need, but don't fool yourself. When it comes to best player available, what that really means is best player available at a position of need with a few exceptions. It's not an absolute, but that's basically how it works. Teams try to use free agency to fill the immediate gaping holes on the roster and then you know build the roster foundation in the draft. But all those BPA approaches, the caveat under each one of them should say at positions of need. And, and Chenault's a guy where he might not be, he might be a kind of a fringe top 20 pick now, but with a great combine, a great showing there, a great offseason, great pro day, I can see him rising up the draft board. So at 15, he's definitely a possibility. You pair him with Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke. Pretty scary offense, Chad. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.
Justin says, why would the Broncos think about extending Lindsey while still under his rookie contract? This piggybacks off a story I wrote today, milehighhuddle.com. Go check it out. And the general headline was John Elway addresses, you know, the, whether or not to give Philip Lindsay an unprecedented contract. That's why it would be unprecedented. NFL teams, Zach, they don't pay guys until they have to. And Elway said on Monday that he's going to consider getting an extension done for Philip Lindsay now. And he doesn't even hit unrestricted free agency till 2022. Hmm. In 2021, Philip Lindsay will be a restricted free agent. So still under team control. 2022 is when he officially becomes unrestricted. So that means the Broncos ostensibly have still two more years to see how, whether or not he can, you know, uh, keep, keep play all 16 games, continue to produce a prolific level. But Elway, for whatever reason said, yeah, we're going to look at that. And so that's why I'm thinking that's unprecedented, dude. If you're going to, if you're going to, and the fact also Zach, that he's two years removed from being a college free agent. But I think if you're going to look at extending a guy early, I would rather do it now with a guy like Philip Lindsay before he gets ridiculously expensive or you at risk having to compete with the other 31 teams like they're facing right now with Justin Simmons. Like, why didn't you get Justin Simmons locked up last year? Right. And the reason why NFL teams, because they worry about, you know, players getting hurt and wasting money, they don't do it till they're painted into a corner usually. So if Elway does end up paying Lindsay and giving him an extension this spring, it's going to speak volumes to how the Broncos feel about him. It would be unprecedented, but I feel like what Lindsey did two years in a row, undrafted player, a 1,000-yard season both times, that was unprecedented as well. He's a special player, and not only would you be paying for potential with Philip Lindsey, you're banking on the fact that while you're paying him now, you're going to get that return on investment in years to come. It would send a really good message to the locker room chat. It's a homegrown guy who has worked his tail off, and he deserves the money. It shows the locker room that if you perform well, we'll take care of you. We're not going to send you away. We're not going to manual Sanders you. We will take care of you. So there's no doubt I feel like to paying Philip Lindsay now, you save some money down the road, and let's face it, he deserves it. Yeah, so it was reported that right ahead of the trade deadline, the Broncos offered Philip Lindsay a three-year, $36 million deal. Well, it turns out it was actually two additional years at $27 million with only half of that guaranteed. And, and, and Harris felt like they were using it as leverage not only to try and get him to take less money but than he could make on the open market, but – hey, if you don't, we're going to trade you. And so he didn't accept the deal, and that's why. It wasn't, I mean, $12 million a year. I think that's about what he's worth. But yeah. in all honesty, Zach, he's probably going to get more on the open market, which is why you might as well kiss him goodbye. I mean, it's a gamble, too, because there's no guarantees to land that money. He didn't have an overly great season, so I'm kind of sick of talking about Chris Harris Jr.'s financial demands. I mean, this guy turned out a lot of money. He's only in it for the money. He was a mercenary in Denver, and I think regardless, unless the market is ice cold or the Broncos are kind of desperate, I think you can wave him bye-bye, as Chad said. I think he's a goner. Okay, let's grab a couple more, and then we got to say goodbye to you guys for this week. Mark jumps back in, $5 donation Thank on you, Super Mark. Chat, one of our superstars. He says, you guys are the best and truly enjoy y'all. Chat is gangsta. And Zach is Perna, <laughs> hashtag Orange Crush. Perna is an adjective now, I guess. <laughs> good comparison, good guy. I, I've heard a lot worse in my life. Ariel, also one of our great supporters on Super Chat, jumps in, $5 donation. Thank you, Ariel. Glad to see you, glad to see you got off work in time, Ariel, to join us. First three picks were on offense in 19. I know we have to go O-line, but I think they're going corner first, then wide receiver and O-line. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. I could definitely it, see that. It wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me, Zach, if they went with like a low-key linebacker slash safety, depending on how they see the future exactly unfolding with Justin Simmons. All, all signs point to and all their words so far, bringing Justin Simmons back, whether it takes franchise tag or not, but – if you get a guy like Isaiah Simmons there at pick 15, I don't know if he's going to be fully worth it, but I, I wouldn't surprise you if they go defense, corner, wide receiver, then offensive line. But it, it, it depends entirely on how their board is structured and where it falls when they when they go on the clock. And also how free agency goes for them, what needs they address during that period. But I don't know if it's going to be that specific order, but I can definitely see the Broncos going with those positions two out of the three first rounds. They're going to target uh, a cornerback, target a wide receiver, and get some O-line help. But like Chad said, maybe a linebacker, maybe a defensive end if they lose Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf, They can go a lot of different ways here. But there's a good chance they go with those positions in the first three. Our friend Larry jumps in with a $10 donation Thank on you, Super Chat. We love you, Larry. So, so did you guys watch the Rose Bowl and see Justin Herbert and think, wow, Someone is going to draft Paxton Lynch. 
I know, dude, here you're 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 barking up the right tree because right. I'm not a huge I'm I just I'm not a huge Herbert guy. I'm and I don't know. I mean, it's not that he's a bad quarterback. He's got an arm, he's athletic, he's got the size you like. I'm not sure he's the type of leader that you need exactly. to be in the NFL. And if you've ever heard him talk, man, he like he's like he, he reminds me of an even more shy and immature sounding Daniel Jones. If you guys can remember <laughs> during the pre-draft process, man, anytime Daniel Jones got in front of the media, he's like, <laughs> and especially at the combine, dude, I was standing this far from him talking to him and he was like a deer in the headlights, dude, like get me out of here. And that's just <laughs> not what you need in the NFL. You need QB one. You need that charisma that attracts, you know, that can rally the troops and attract other players and, and free agents and, like Drew Locke, to be honest with you, from a persona perspective, that's what you want. Yeah, Justin Herbert looked like he was seeing Sam Darnold's ghost, Chad. I, I don't want a quarterback like that at all. I want a alpha personality, and Justin Herbert is a very beta personality, very passive guy. He has a lot of bust potential there, so the Pax and Lynch comparisons are spot on. I would go to battle with Drew Locke any day of the week, but especially Sunday, over Justin Herbert. I want that guy to be my quarterback. And also, you know what? I guarantee you there are multiple teams right now in the NFL kicking themselves for not taking Drew Locke in the first round. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that kid made it clear in that five-game stretch that the NFL got it wrong, and including the Broncos. Like, the Broncos really rolled the dice by not taking him at pick 20. At pick 10, let alone pick 20. And uh, so I think, yeah, I'm with you on that. Right now, I would take Locke over Herbert. I would take Locke over Fromm. I would take – you know, it would have to take a, some some persuasion for me to, to take uh, – What's his name, dude? I just had a Burrow. brain fart. The kid from LSU. What's his name? Burrow. Burrow, thank you. You would have to really persuade me right now that that would be the better decision. I know he's he's the, the bee's knees right now when it comes to college quarterbacks entering the league, but Drew Locke is the right player for this team, and uh, I'm glad the Broncos were able to snag him. Oh, our friend Solomon. It's been a while, bro. Jumps in. $25 donation. Happy New Year. Hey, it's good to see you, dog. I hope everything's going good with your family. appreciate that, dude. Happy New Year to you as well. It's good to have you back in the comment stream. That means a lot. All right, one more. Oh, wait, Travis, you want to know about Jumanji? No one one cares about that, dog. I'll tell you this. I liked it. I laughed more at the second one than I think I did in the first one, but overall, I think the first one was was the better movie. All right, last one, guys. Then we got to cut you loose from Avalanche Bronco. Why would Shelby Harris leave the team that finally gave him a shot, Zach? Money, 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 money. That's what it comes down to in the NFL. I'm, I'm, he, the Broncos, they give him a shot, and he blossomed here, but he's earned his paycheck, Chad, from someone. And if it's not going to be the Broncos, he can't say, oh, I'll play for free. I'll take a less offer. He's got to make his money now. He's in his prime. He wants to set himself up for financial security. Can't blame the guy. He earned a big contract from someone. This Graham, Graham Cracker, he's getting blocked. Catch you on the flip-flop, dude. Later. See you later. Get that noise out of here. All right, guys. Whoops. I accidentally blocked Randall Chapman. I'm going to have to figure out how to undo that. Dang it. I'll figure it out. Guys, we got to cut you loose. Randall, what the heck did I do? How do I get you back in? Uh, I'll have to figure that out after the fact. Dang it. I hope I didn't block him for good. I'll figure it out. Guys, that's got to do it, though, for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us here live. Huge ups. Huge thank yous. Mile high salute to our super chat superstars. We're going to thank you on social media. You're going to see your name on the next podcast going again across the ticker throughout the entire episode. And then also we've got some things coming here very soon that we're ready to announce uh, with our merchandise. that's going to be available and uh, some exciting things coming down the pike for 2020. In the meantime, you guys make sure you are following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod you can find my partners at Kelberman on Twitter. Let me let me fix this real quick. At Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, and we'll be back in the saddle. Look, there's there's no Broncos football this weekend that's going to dictate mm. our schedules per se. There's going to be no gut reaction to a Bronco game, which is sad. But there's always next year. But we still are going to get together Sunday evening, probably you know five, probably six p.m. We'll probably just try and keep it locked in the same time we do it on the yeah. weekdays. 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern Sunday. And we're going to start cooking up some some off-season oriented episodes. We'll grab Eric, see if he can join us. If not this week, maybe we'll grab Nick, one of the guys, and have a real draft expert that's on and available to you guys to answer your draft questions. And uh, so stay tuned for that. But 
Zach, in the meantime, bro, have a great weekend. You as well. I'll be digging into my draft board, Chad. I want to get this draft knowledge down. So Sunday night should be a more interesting show. There we go. And now it's the offseason. We're going to have more time to start actually learning about these prospects ourselves and, and watching film and, and forming our, our own opinions. And that's one of the reasons that we, we lean on those guys. We lean on the draft guys yes. for, I mean, the amount of time guys like Eric and Nick and Carl and Lance put into watching college prospects during the football season, it would blow your minds. It would blow your minds, but that's why they're invaluable to us. The the expertise and the resource they are to mile high huddle, the resource they are to the podcast can't be overstated, but guys, we got to cut you loose. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday evening, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.